Good evening, whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning in to a brand new day with Stephanie J. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. And I hope that you are rejoicing. And what does it mean to rejoice? It means by the dictionary standards to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. And I am rejoicing on this day because I am just grateful to be alive, to be able to have another opportunity to talk with you. And um, someone said any day above the dirt is a good day. And I, I have to agree with that. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, who can praise you in the grave? And so I gratefully gratefully give God the praise that he is deserving of because I don't have to be here. And so I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know where you are. I do not know what type of difficulties you are facing. Maybe you just came through something like me. I've been through, I've been going through, I've been dealing with some, you know, some situations even in my personal life, but there is something brand new going on with me in this season of my life where I just had this tenacity, this, this spirit, this, you know, I'm just being strengthened in so many ways, part of it in the physical. I've been working out very regularly again for about the past two months and I am feeling great at almost 5-0 and I am, yes, looking forward to um, that day. I'm, I'm not um, and anxious or feeling any type of anxiety about, uh, to turn a half a century. I counted a joy and a privilege that I am here. And I was sharing on the last episode that my cousin and her son 
uh, were both just recently killed. And my cousin was 48. Her son was 29. And, you know, we've experienced many, many deaths in my family. And the youngest one to die by far was my sibling, my brother, George. He died at the age of 19. And that was more than 20 something years ago. And um, so for me to be, a, you know, about to approach 50, yes, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And, um, you know, to, to have my children and my grandchildren to be alive, even during such a time as this, I am just feeling so blessed. And so I have this ability to just pick myself up and just keep it moving. And I encourage you to find a way to adapt and to adopt that frame of mind as we are being ushered into this time and this season. Many of you have lost loved ones. My heart goes out. My prayers go out to you. It is never an easy thing to lose someone. And we know that many people have perished during this COVID coronavirus. I mean, there is just so much, so much difficulty. And, you know, we just have to keep pressing. We, we just have to keep pushing. We just have to keep moving on. And that's what I tell myself regardless, despite what is happening, you have to look for the good. You have to see the good. You have to count your blessings. I had Christian with me on the last episode and he's also done. And he reminded me that those were, um, his first appearances on my other podcast, Reset Today with Stephanie J. I had been experiencing a lot of difficulty, but working along with Spreaker, I signed up for the pro plan and I began having um, a lot of difficulty just getting the podcast underway. Something was going on with the system when I would try to record and I'm trying it on different devices and then come to find out uh, one operator sent me um, the email that I signed on, but it was the wrong email for the current show that was under the free plan. And I, I just couldn't get it together. And it just started coming together about two days ago. And so now I am signed on the right account. Everything started to work together. And so now that show, it's available on Spreaker, Spotify. It is pending on iHeart. It is linked to my SoundCloud, Facebook, and YouTube. It can also be picked up on Deezer, Geosavin, J-I-O-S-A-A-V-N, Podcast Attic, Apple, or Apple may still be pending. And so I'm just again, feeling very blessed that I'm able to do this. I am able to take this time out of my day to just talk and share my heart with whosoever will listen. And I've heard from uh, quite a few people that uh, the show is really touching them. One young lady, I spoke about Janae off of a prayer line. She said that it, it was literally changing her life. And Christian encourages me daily, even when we get into the car or we're doing something around. He said, hey, why don't you put your podcast on? Let's, let's listen to your podcast. And, you know, so I am encouraged and just 
so grateful. And I thank every last one of you who will take the time out to listen. And I hope that your life is enriched and blessed in some way from hearing what I have to say. And so I'm going to spend just a little bit more time. I wanted to talk about, uh, I don't really want to talk about the travel back to Pennsylvania for uh, the funeral service. As I mentioned, my cousin and her son were of the Muslim faith. She was raised in Christianity, but um, turned to the Muslim faith uh, many years ago. And so my cousin sent me the program and my plan was to surprise everyone and just show up. I did not want to to notify anybody that I was planning on coming home and attending. And so when she sent the program, I had about two days to prepare. Remember I did the episodes on preparation and I had quite a bit to do, but the good thing about it was We did not need anything. I did not have to go to any stores. I did not have to purchase anything. I decided to rent a car because when I travel, um, you know, if I'm going more than like an hour or so away, I really don't like to put all of that extra mileage on my car. And so I rented a car right away, made arrangements to, you know, get that squared away. And then, you know, we had to pack our clothes and, you know, little things like that and, you know, get together what we were going to wear, you know, for the service and, you know, you know how it is. You've been through it. Most of you have. And so everything was going well. And we went and we picked up the car and we came back in and did a few last minute things. And yes, I told you before, I'm a neat person. And right before I walked out the door, I made sure everything was in place because I wanted to walk back home and, you know, walk in my door and not have to look at stuff out of place. So took a few minutes and just did that. I was satisfied with everything. We got on the road and I put in the directions for the funeral home. I wanted to basically go straight there. And MapQuest, uh, Google Maps was doing pretty well. Until I got to um, Philadelphia, as I started crossing the Pennsylvania line, which is, you know, Marcus Hook coming out of Delaware, and then you see central Philadelphia, for some strange reason, it had me go to another exit. And it took me right into the New Jersey Turnpike, which was like, ugh, it was difficult. And it was frustrating because once I made that change, I could not get back off. And then there was a problem all the way down, basically every toll. That's one thing I hate about traveling back on the roads, man. You have to pay so many tolls. But what they were doing was video tolling and they had easy pass lanes set up only. And the sign said, we'll bill you. And so once I got on this um, turnpike, I'm going places in New Jersey that I'm not familiar with. And now it's taken me out of the way where I would have had more than enough time to get to the service and everything. Now I'm I'm over an hour out by the time this finished. I got a ticket. I mean, 
I, I got to the booth that says take a ticket and there was nothing coming out. The person in front of me, they sat there about three minutes and I never saw them take a ticket out. And so when I finally get to um, a toll exit that you can get off, she asks for my ticket and I'm like, there was no ticket. So she bills me $13 and 20 cent. I'm like, what? And then there was another $5 toll that I hit after that. So that was an additional $20 on top of all of the many four and $5 tolls that I hit on the way. So this is not going so well. Yes, this is one of the difficulties of life. Everything does not always go the way that we plan. But I was cool because it was getting close to time, you know, for the service. Now, the program said the viewing was to be held from three to four. And then it said four o'clock. I don't think it really said service, but it was like four o'clock, giving the impression that you know, a regular service would be held. So I said, okay, we're good. We'll get there at least in time for the service. I didn't want to go to the viewing anyway. And so I get to Philadelphia where the area, you know, of this funeral home and there is chaos and traffic all around. I mean, blocks and blocks and blocks. All I saw were people of the Muslim faith. They turned out heavy for this service. And I mean, there's a park across the street. The park was filled wall to wall people. Everybody was parked on the streets. Some people were parked illegally. You couldn't get down the blocks. We were just sitting there and a man, you know, drove up opposite direction and he stopped at my car and he's like, uh, are y'all here for the service for them? And, you know, he's trying to figure out what's going on and where they going to the, you know, to the burial. I mean, it was crazy. So after about a good 20 minutes or so of just sitting in traffic and, and it was really frustrating because now I'm on the street where the funeral home is and I still can't get there. I still cannot get through. We just had to wait until cars moved out the way. And I mean, it, it was, it was difficult. And so I finally go about a block and a half away from the funeral home Finally find a parking spot. Cause you know, by this time I'm just praying like, Lord, please just let us find a spot somewhere nearby. We can get there. And someone pulled out as I was getting to the very end of the block. So we had to park. I had to put my shoes on, you know, that I was wearing. I had a little run in my black pantyhose. <laughs> Why does that always happen? And no, I didn't have the clear polish, ladies. You know how we do the little trick. My aunts, somebody taught me that when I was younger because I had to wear pantyhose often growing up in the church. You put a little bit of clear polish and it stops the run. So it wasn't too bad. But anyway, we grab our stuff and we walk up this long block, walk around the corner and as I'm about to cross over to cross the street, I see a familiar face and almost didn't really recognize that at first. But I'm like, is that my cousin Darlene? Now, Darlene is Erica's older sister. Darlene is a little bit older than I am. 
and about three or so years older than her sister. She was on her way to get into a car that was parked there. So I had to walk around and tap on the window to get her attention. And we had about three minutes just to hug and embrace and cried a little bit and you know, um, she said, we're about to go over to the burial. And she gave me the sticker to put on the window. So we had to hike back around the corner, go all the way back down the end of the block and put the sticker on the car. We go and try to get into this line, which was chaos. It was just mayhem all around people all around cars sitting on every corner in the street. And Within about five minutes, the funeral car started pulling out. And so we have to go. And the guy was nice enough who was directing traffic to let me turn the car around and get in the line. 10 minutes, I'm trying to ride along with this line. And it, it just hit me. I was like, man, things have really changed. I can remember when we were in funeral processions and people actually had respect People would stop their cars. They would stay at the light. They would not try to enter into the line. Well, guess what? All of that was going on. It was, it was ridiculous. I finally, I, I was like, okay, I can't do this. Um, I didn't know the exact area where I was, but I just started turning. And once I got to a familiar landmark, I realized it was only about five or six blocks from where I used to live. So I got out of the funeral line, drove up that way. And then we walked, we rode down some other blocks, you know, looking for a restroom at this time. And I'm tossing and turning down streets only to be led right to the burial site. So I ended up pulling the car over, sitting out at the gate. And again, I'm looking for a familiar face. My family wasn't there. I had a chance to talk with Dee for a few minutes. She said it lasted all of about five minutes and they had left and went to another relative's home and nobody else was there. And so I sat there just waiting to see if I would see a familiar face, see anyone from my family. Um, I didn't see anyone and I never saw my cousin Darlene again. And so you know, we ended up leaving. And so it, it did not go exactly the way that I planned, but the blessing of it was that I was about 10 minutes from my son Rashan's and he just happened to be home. He had just, he said about 10 minutes before we called, he had just left that area, which is a, a heavy like shopping district and things like that. And so he was home. We had an opportunity to see him. He was on a, you know, on his way to get some Chipotle. So I took him up there and he gave me a big hassle about treating him to Chipotle. What is that about? I'm like, I am your mother. <laughs> Why can't I buy you some Chipotle? He's so independent. This is the uh, Temple grad and the musician that I speak about often, but I was just happy to have an opportunity to spend with him and we took some pictures and stuff. And then we went to visit some friends that were nearby and I was trying to hook up and connect with my family where they were. I was waiting for Dee to go home. I probably should have asked her because after that she was going to her son's in Delaware. So I just wasn't able to, um, 
you know, make that connection. But we are planning to go back very soon, especially now that I have reconnected with my son and grandson. And so that is about the gist of it. And guess what? Over a week later, I am still, no, actually that was last Friday. Today it makes a week. I am still trying to recover from all of that. It is extremely difficult facing these challenges. And then the challenge is that you have to keep moving. You have to keep living. And every day I find myself trying to not think so much about it because I just keep coming up with a lot of questions that I probably will never have the answers for. And I've even, you know, been texting D back and forth and we're talking and I'm asking her questions because I just can't get it out of my mind. And then the last report that I heard, the guy was killed uh, doing some dirt to someone else. I, I don't want to misquote or, you know, give out any information. I, I do not know. And so I don't really want to speak on it, but I believe it was said that he killed a carjacked, a young woman and something happened behind, behind that. And I believe that it ended his life. And I mean, unfortunately that's called, you do reap what you sow. And in the hard part and the harsh reality of it is look at all of the hurting people and families behind it. Yes, our family is devastated. We are hurting. We are baffled. We are confused. There's someone else's family that is going through that, maybe preparing to bury their loved one and then his family. And then I heard that someone else may have been involved in whatever happened at my cousin's home. And so it is a difficult situation. It is a bad situation. And I try, and I always would tell my children, be careful who you associate with. You be careful. I've always been pretty guarded. We we never had a lot of company and people coming in our home and I never let them go places like that. I've always had that mentality and I talked about it even, you know, with Christian growing up. He is a homeschooled child. My husband and I, we watch over him with eagle's eyes and you have to go on are those days of of just you know, being wild and carefree and roaming and just going everywhere. It, it, you know, I tell my son, sometimes you may never know that freedom. (laughs) You may never know. And my husband jokes sometimes he say, boy, the 7-Eleven is right down the road. You'll probably be 16 and your mother won't let you go (laughs) by yourself. No, it's not that bad, but we are living in a day and time where you just have to be prayerful and you have to be cautious. And parents, yes, I am talking to you, parents, biological, adopted, guardians, whoever you are, uh, relatives, you have to watch over your children. I am praying for them. You pray for them. You teach them. You instruct them. You watch over them because guess what? We have an enemy, an adversary that is 
out to kill, steal, and destroy. That is his only purpose. I woke up this morning and Christian came in my room and he says, mom, did you get the Amber alert? And I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, it came to the phone like four something in the morning. Now he didn't get it then, but he said it came through and he said, uh, uh, I think a little girl was abducted in Maryland. And the first thing I did while he was telling me was begin to pray for the situation. We have to pray. We have to stay linked to God. We have to cover one another, cover your babies, protect them, watch over them, be there with them. I mean, come on. The handwriting is on the wall. It doesn't get any clearer than it is now. We are living in the last days and Satan is shrewd. He is crafty. He is cunning. He is here to play for keeps. He is here to destroy our lives. And he has tried so much. I mean, I've talked about the story with my oldest son where he fell off of a balcony and I don't have time to get into it. I'm getting down to my last five minutes, but he tried to take my son out like he took my brother out. The same type of fall, no explanation for my brother's death, the injuries that he sustained. But my son had uh, a cracked uh, wrist. He had uh, his spleen was cracked. He had a concussion. I walked up in the hospital, bandages all around his head. He's talking the same thing over and over again. You know, did you know the, the Red Sox won the series? And did I tell you I got that job today? And did I tell you I bought Sean that game for his PlayStation? That, those were the only three things that he could remember. And I remember asking the doctors to leave the room and they were looking at me like, what? I anointed him from his head to his feet and I prayed and sat there for three days and spoke and prayed over him. And the Lord brought him up out of that. They told me he might have neurological damage. They told me that he might have to learn how to write again, all this bad prognosis and none of that happened. Within three days, he was back home. So I know the power of prayer. I know the God that I serve. And the Bible says in Hebrews that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why wouldn't you trust a God like that? So many people and people have put out books and so many people ask all these questions. Well, why would, if God is such a loving God, why would he let this happen? And why would, why would God, why doesn't he do anything about this? Um, hello. He's not doing this. This, none of this is his doing. I used to fault him and get angry with him um, out of ignorance over my brother's death. I couldn't understand that. I couldn't wrap my 21-year-old brain around that. But I had to realize we live in a fallen world where the Bible says Satan is the God of this world. All of this wickedness, all of this evil, that is the devil, God has nothing to do with that. And he chose to create us and put us here in his likeness and image. And guess what? I think it was George, George Muller that said God will, or Eva Oswald Chambers, one of them, God will do nothing, save a man praise. So we have to pray. You have to open up the word. You have to, what I did with my children all of these years is continuously, I pray and I read all kinds of Psalm, but Psalm 91 has been, you can say my bedrock song. I 
pray, I read, I just read it like five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. I pray and I read that Psalm and I begin to speak over them. A thousand may fall at their side and 10,000 at their right hand, but it will not come nigh their dwelling. God, I thank you that your angels are surrounding them and that you are keeping them lest they dash their foot against a stone. God, you know what is happening around them. You know who's in their life. Yes, I pray God, anybody that does not mean them any good, break that chain, those connections. You have to pray. You have to continue to move on because we cannot control the things that are going on. You are going to face and experience difficulties all of your life. But the Bible says, and so will I, I have, I've experienced much, much heartache, much grief, much loss, much hurt, betrayals, uh, failed marriage, financial storms, death of loved ones. I've experienced it all. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And I'm sitting here telling you today that it was not easy. I did not have an easy road. And some of them were the choices and the decisions that I made, especially, you know, with marriage. I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I didn't do so good in that area, but I paid the Christ and God has been there and he has kept me through it all. And so I'm sitting here today able to encourage you like that cheerleader sitting on the wall saying, all right, get up, dust your knees off, start again, reset. If I was on my other show, I'd be hitting a little bell that Spreaker has, you know, hit that bell and start again. It is not time to give up. The race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but to the one who endures to the end. Yes, you will have difficulties. Yes, life holds many disappointments, but you have to change your mindset as I'm ending this. You have to get that frame of mind that says I'm going on. And I hope and pray that if you have not, you make the decision to go on with Jesus because he is the way. I'm not here to dispute with anyone's beliefs. I will not disrespect anyone's belief, just like my cousin in the Muslim faith. That was their choice. But the Bible that I read, it says he is the way. Jesus said it himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I believe he meant what he said is written in that word. And so I leave you with this thought. Please, please, please hear me today. If you are on the wrong path, please do a 180 degree turn, turn around, repent, give your life over to him and he will help you through the difficulties.